Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Gina Lucente Cole is a coach and an expert in leadership accelerators. She helps motivated leaders get noticed, respected, and promoted. Over the past 20 years, she's helped organizations like John Hancock, CDM Smith, Perkin Elmer, and Education Finance Council improve performance by facilitating goal planning and leadership skill workshops. Gina helps high-performing professionals up their game by learning the skills and strategies to successfully navigate to the next level in their careers. And she is also the author of a new book, The Next Level, A Guide for Emerging Leaders. Hello, Gina. Hi, Ed, thanks for having me. You're welcome, I hope all is well with you today. Things are great. So I took a brief stab at your bio and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about what you've done, but what you're doing today and how you bring a difference to the marketplace. Thanks. I had a bit of a start in human resources, not as long as and deep a career as yourself, but my work there was focused on learning and development, which was a thread that continued through the rest of my career. I really like helping people gain skills to do better work. And even if my role in an organization wasn't directly learning and development based, um, it was still a thread or a pillar that I kept going. So I like helping people learn more and do better. So whether it's someone that was on my team, uh, a client or a colleague, that was a big driver for me. And I built on that thread and I became a coach. And so now I do leadership coaching. And additionally, I help teams uh, with development and planning with facilitation. So I have the experience of learning development, coaching, but I also have the business experience of being a leader inside organizations. So that's all come together. Fantastic. Well, I love this idea and this model of threads because oftentimes when we work with clients and they wonder about why they operate the way they operate, sometimes we ask them to reflect back into their past and to see if this is a thread that they have uh, followed or utilized in the past. And sometimes that can be, you know, really, really helpful to people. And it takes someone like you had, right? A good coach that can help tease that out 
and and make it appear for them. We hope so. We hope so. And how yeah. about your your new book, uh, The Next Level? It came out recently. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And certainly for emerging leaders, this idea of bravery really intersects. And I'm not suggesting, uh, you know, fortuitously, your book is about bravery for emerging leaders. But, you know, uh, I've got to believe that there's some threads of bravery inside your chapters. There absolutely are. And I wrote the book because I noticed in my work, um, both as a facilitator and coach, that there were some common themes, or we could say threads, that emerged from my conversations with the emerging leaders. And I like to define emerging leaders, they don't necessarily have to be individuals who manage a team or have direct staff hierarchically, but they They could, but they could also be individuals that are newly promoted. I consider emerging leaders, the folks that I wrote the book for, are high potential, high performers, and they've had increasing responsibilities in their career that match the results they deliver. So they may be giving new projects or new programs, and they're being elevated that way. So they also have, um, they have skills, but they also have the behaviors that organizations and other leaders are looking for. So I noticed that when these emerging leaders got to a certain point, um, I'd like to say a crossroads, that they realized that they were missing some tools in their toolbox. So what was working well before, they realized wouldn't be applicable in their new situation or their new role. So I noticed that kind of, I don't, they didn't get to the stall out part yet. They just knew that they needed to know and do things differently. So I combined all the questions I got, the FAQs, into a guide that helps them avoid the pitfalls and to apply the accelerators to grow to the next level. Well, if we could spend a few minutes, Gina, dissecting maybe the you know, uh, connection between being an emerging leader. So this is somebody who's new to their role or new to an organization and have been identified as a high growth potential person and bravery. Cause I have to believe, and I'm thinking back to my own career when, you know, elevations happened or I was newly promoted, certainly being brave was not at the top of my list of things that, you know, I was planning on doing you. In fact, you know, we believe that most people avoid conflict. And so they don't think about, oh, you know, the first thing I'm going to have to do is be brave, right? So, you know, can you tell us a little bit or reflect maybe for a couple of minutes on, you know, where bravery might show up for emerging leaders, if at all, and, you know, what they might think and do about it? Yes. The first thing I think of when I think of bravery at work, it comes from the title of a book I read a long time ago. The author's name is uh, Susan Jeffers. And the book's title was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I think people, emerging leaders and others, think that feeling fear is a signal not to do something. So for me, the idea that you can have the fear and still take action um, is something you have to hold. You have to hold both at the same time. It, you can't be afraid and do it anyway. So I think from a leadership standpoint, I could say even daily that individuals are may have a pang of fear, um, either having a conversation with a colleague or boss or asking, um, even asking for help or feedback. All of these 
actions have a little piece of bravery, a little piece of feeling fear and doing it anyway. For the emerging leaders I talk to, there are a few situations um, I can share with you where they find that they need to be brave. I'd love to hear those in a couple of minutes, Gina. I want to just stay on this topic of you know, bravery with emerging leaders because most of us have grown up in a world, and this is one of the obstacles to being brave in the workplace, to avoid conflict. You know, They didn't teach us conflict management in high school or college or graduate school. You know, I don't think I ever attended a program that taught me the benefits of navigating conflict. You know, we kind of think we can avoid conflict, right? That if there's no conflict, that everything's great. And we all know that that's not the case. And so I think as a new leader, you know, you're kind of continuing to perpetuate maybe some of the behaviors that you had in the role that you previously managed or occupied. And if you didn't have conflict or avoided conflict, you might continue to do that. So it's really, and I love the title of that book, you have to feel the fear, but recognize as a new leader that there will be situations that are going to require bravery. And what can I do now to kind of prep for it? Absolutely. And the uh, notion that some people have is that I go along to get along. And so they may stay silent about something they disagree with in order to feel like they're being a team player or that they don't think it's wise to rock the boat. And I agree with you that some of the best ideas come out of conflict and conflict does have a positive effect if it's handled right, if the parties have a positive intention to either improve a situation or um, improve a relationship. I think that part, the, the holding back part um, from conflict, the, either the disagreement or offering an alternative, folks uh, that I work with sometimes think that that's the wisest path. It's the one of least resistance, but it doesn't lead to the best results. Well, and, I love mm, yeah, go ahead. And I think the more that people practice it and see the results, the more they buy into, you know what, this may be the better way to do it, even though it's not as comfortable. So I, I would ask our listeners to reflect back on that motto you just shared, which is I go along to get along, because I do think that that is a way that most people operate in company environments, that they feel that if they get along, things must be going well. And if there's an opportunity to say or do something that requires bravery, I may avoid or dismiss or delay doing it because I'm not going to be getting along. And so if I do want to go along to get along, you know, I would ask our listeners to think, you know, am I avoiding something that needs to be said? Am I avoiding something that needs to be done? Because the obstacle is this desire to get along and be an effective team member with others. And I also love the word practice. That's a huge word for my clients and my coaching uh, business because oftentimes things that we talk about with them to do differently than they've done before takes practice. It's not like flicking a switch that just because we talked about it, you're now going to be a poster child for navigating conflict or managing bravery or communicating better or delegating better, right? You have to practice and, and work on it a little bit. And I suspect that's a little bit about what you're saying as it pertains to bravery. Yes. And I think that sometimes people don't want to be branded as the naysayer or the downer. 
right? So if they're pointing out something or disagreeing, um, they don't want to be the ones that put, put brakes on a good idea. And they may shy away from sharing their thoughts. But a piece of advice that I got from a leader I worked for years ago was that you can make a recommendation about something. You can point something out that you disagree with, but you have to partner it or back it up with a recommendation. And I think that formula is useful for emerging leaders and actually for anybody working within an organization. You can point something out or disagree, but then offer an alternative or suggestion. So the goal there, the recommendation is if you do have something to say or do that might be require bravery amongst many emotions, also come prepared with some alternatives or outcomes on how the situation could be handled differently to be more effective. Absolutely. You know, when I said the naysayer, I don't want folks to be just the ones that sit there and point out what's not working or what was a bad decision. Uh, you have to add on top of that to move, you know, help move things forward. Absolutely. Well, and this is what I think we sometimes call water cooler moments, which is where I'm at a meeting and something happens that wasn't appropriate or somebody did something that they constantly do and it's driving everybody crazy, but no one has ever says anything. But at the water cooler, I go to you, my God, Gene, I can't believe Ed did that again. It's driving me crazy. And, you know, oftentimes we want to say, why didn't you say something, right? Why are you telling me this at the water cooler where there's nothing we can do about it versus talking to Ed about it and suggesting some ideas and solutions on how he can modify his behavior in order to be more effective with others. Ed, I, I love that. And I call that the meeting after the meeting. And it's, it's easier to be brave at the water cooler than it is in the room while the conversation's happening. And that happens constantly in organizations around the globe. And I, I'll steal your phrase in respect to meeting after the meeting, that there's always conversation after a meeting about what happened. And oftentimes what's shared are things that people could talk about or even offline. You don't have to do it at the meeting, but I could come up to you later and say, hey, Gene, I wanted to give you some feedback about the meeting this morning. Are you open to hearing some feedback? Right. You always want to ask for permission. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the meeting after the meeting, I think, are not helpful in respect to being braver in the workplace. And Ed, I think um, your listeners could take that exact opening phrase that you just uttered, write it down and use that. It's a per great opening line for that, that conversation. Gina, you shared with us you know, a couple of phrases that you think about when you think about bravery in the workplace. Are there any more words or phrases that you think of when you think about being braver or saying what needs to be said at work? Back to my the back to that one of the um, the Susan Jeffers book, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, and that that that's okay. I think that's that's what I would focus on. That that's okay. I've used it for myself for years. Just that phrase and not listening, not paying attention to the fear as a stop sign. Well, some of our past guests have talked about the need when you have to be braver in the workplace to be present, which is, and I think that's a little bit what Susan Jeffers might be talking about, which is, you know, whatever is your feeling, feel it, right? Don't deny it or suppress it, but just feel it. Be present with what you're feeling and then figure out how to move forward. Don't let it be an obstacle or don't let it prevent you from taking the next step. Yes, and people often 
jump to the worst case scenario in their mind. And it doesn't match often what's right in front of them. And regarding your advice about being present, I heard this line, um, this perspective before, and it said, look where your feet are, and that's where your head should be. So I think keeping in the moment the what's happening right now and not allowing yourself to jump to those worst case scenarios, that then it will just emphasize the fear and amplify some of those negative things when it's not the reality. Right, right. Also, Gina, many of our guests have shared a story that they've experienced where they either showed bravery and said something that needed to be said or did something that needed to be done or didn't show bravery and look back on it with a little regret. Do you have a story that you could share with us today? I do. I, I have a favorite story. I was Let's hear it. I was working in an organization and I was leading a team and we supported our clients externally with um, we supported them with training and consulting. And we worked across the organization with different functions to help deliver to the client. And the clients were asking for a specific thing, specific product. And at the, this organization where I work, the process of product development, I, I'd say it was onerous. I would say it was inefficient and actually full of those naysayers that I just mentioned. Um, so I did what my VP at the time she later called going rogue. And I created a team. Um, I took the subject matter experts I knew best from the different functions and got their buy-in to participate. And we developed uh, the product kind of off the grid from the other projects that were being tracked. And by the time it was discovered and in, I was told I went rogue, it was ready to launch. So we, we launched it, and two years later, it was one of two foundational offerings that the organization gave to clients. So it turned out to be a success story. And the reason why it was successful is first because I knew it was being asked for by our clients and that they needed it. It did fulfill a need. And I was successful because... I um, I was doing my other work also. So sometimes folks have a little pet project, but they're not doing delivering results um, otherwise. But I think part of my success for that rogue project was my other work got done too. I didn't let it be the rogue project be a distraction. So that was my thing. So it I got a little tisk tisk from the VP, but it ended up being a pretty big success. Just a, a little tisk tisk, not a big. <laughs> no, God, I, you're in I, trouble tisk tisk. Not a big trouble tisk tisk, and actually later I got a bonus because of the the impact it made. But getting it through was it was under the cover of darkness, my friend. It was uh, it was it was a rogue project for a while there. Wow. Well, I would hope something that makes clients happy at an organization, you know, would not be considered a rogue project, but for whatever reason, it was. Yeah, I just went around the obstacles, and uh, that was that was actually what the tisk tisk was, right? The lack of the pro I didn't follow the process, Ed. But you made it happen. It looks, uh, you know, uh, in my my book, Drive Your Career, you know, I, I end with this statement that progress is better than perfection. That you know, progress is something we 
don't appreciate enough in organizations. We get so caught up in what we're doing. We don't think enough about how it can impact and how you know, a B-plus active that we can go back and clean up is better than a A that no one has seen, right? And I think maybe that's what you experienced. I, I totally agree. Progress over perfection. It's, it's sometimes harder to implement in your own mind, but it's great advice. Well, look, I just want to recap some of the lessons that I think I heard today in our conversation and then ask you uh, in a moment, Gina, for ways that people can contact you. But, you know, three things that I think our listeners can think about today. Uh, One, are you actively participating in the meeting after the meeting and how do you break that trend? You know, how do you stop having a meeting after the meeting and doing what needs to be done at the meeting? Are, Are you going along to get along, right? you know, pause a little bit and think, am I going along to get along? And if I am, how do I break that trend? And how do I ensure that, you know, I can handle conflict and be brave very respectfully, just because it's bravery and something that needs to be said or done doesn't mean it needs to be disrespectful. But, you know, how do I ensure that I get along, but I get along with people appreciating my reputation versus just somebody who goes along? And lastly, there are lots of ways to be brave, to say what needs to be said and to do what needs to be done without being a downer. There are very positive ways that you can help engage people and help them feel better about the feedback that they're getting. So Gina, I think those are three great things that our listeners should think about and consider. And if folks are interested in speaking with you, Gina, about your book or about your work or about your stories, what ways can folks get in touch with you? Thanks, Ed. The the best way um, would be to check out my website. It's PramanaAdvisors.com and I'll spell that. It's P-R-O-M-I-N-A-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S. And also you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect. Great. And when we publish the broadcast, we'll also put in a link to your book, a link to your website, and a link to your LinkedIn profile. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again, Gina. It was really great speaking with you today. Thanks, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore Being Brave at Work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Apple, Google, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800 222 5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.